You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M and what should have been a positive look going into the 2020 season for Texas A&M this Monday morning now is answered with so many more questions. We're going to be breaking down everything that we know about the situation, everything we've been told. But unfortunately, the Aggies are about to lose one of their key players for the impending year as SEC play is set to begin. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show a more quality sounding podcast. We're on five days a week. That's five different shows you get to listen to. Give us a follow. And secondly, follow us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So this is supposed to be a great weekend for A&M. College football returned to the likes of the world. We had the NFL come back to the gridiron and we got to see... Everyone played their first set of games while the SEC sat at home waiting for their September 26 matchups and week one to begin for them. Now, the Aggies were set to have a really good Monday morning. They ended up, because of the way the first set of games went, boosted their rankings. They jumped from number 12 into the top 10 of the AP poll. They are now right in that same category as the Georgia and the Florida and the Alabama and the Auburns of the world. They're no longer just a top 15 team. They're ready to go. But instead, we meet with terrible news, which unfortunately is just kind of the news you could expect after some recent reports that we saw over the past few weeks because of his absence. And you know who I'm talking about. That's Jamon Osbin. Jamon Osbin, star receiver for A&M, the focal point of the Aggies offense, and Calamon's go-to weapon, will not play in 2020. He has elected to opt out this year and expect to prepare for the NFL draft, which will be next April. He made a statement on Twitter. Here it is. College Station, Aggieland. It has been a blessing that I've been provided a home for the past three to four years to accomplish my dream as a kid. For those who supported my teammates and I, I truly appreciate your support and unconditional love so much. This was not an easy decision at all. Sounds cliche, But when I decided to come back and play my fourth year, I would have never imagined playing a season with the guys I love and call brothers. These bonds uh, I will hold for a lifetime, and I mean that wholeheartedly. I've made the decision to use my last year to opt out for the 2020-2021 season and prepare for my future in the NFL, finishing this fall semester. I will complete and receive my bachelor's degree from Texas A&M University. For that, I am grateful. I am blessed and thankful for everyone who has helped me get to this point, and I will represent Texas A&M forever. Love, Javon Osmond. It's a beautiful moment because this is a player who has given his all to Texas A&M. And I think when you look at last year's lineup, when you saw Courtney Davis and you saw Kendrick Rogers go to the NFL, there were some questions. Okay, are you sure you want to go? when next year can be a special year. But they elected to go. Osmond elected to stay. 
Osman was the one who would have been drafted, I would say, mid-round. This was the one a lot of scouts were, I think, the highest on. He's versatile. You can kind of play him in the slot. You can play him as a Z position on the outside. You can play him all over. He's got good hands. He's the best of the route runners. He does a little bit of everything and is successful with it. Now he's going to have his shot to go to the NFL. But for AM, this is a big blow. And it's not just a big blow for me who was going to rank him as the number one player on the top 25 Aggies to watch for in 2020. I think he has the most potential to break out into a number one target and eventually would have been a first round pick at the wide receiver role. But I also think that he is the most complete player in Texas A&M this year. He's an amazing route runner. He's got good hands. He's not a liability when it comes to one-on-one coverage. In fact, he's a positivity when it comes to that stuff. So instead, now you have a bunch of new players coming in and trying to make an impact for A&M. That's the only way to put it. They don't have a single receiver last year who made an impact playing wide receiver. Don't believe me? Let's just go through it real fast. Osmond's opting out. Naturally so. The team's leading target last year. That's fine. And that's his part of life. Then you have, instead, Kendrick Rogers, who's not on the NFL roster, who's not on our practice squad. Just out. Then you have Courtney Davis, who's fighting to make it onto a practice squad after leaving last year. And then you have Cameron Buckley, who was going to be a priority in the slot this year, but he tore his ACL at the start of the season, thus putting him on the injured reserve. And then you have Anaya Smith, last guy. Big, big breakout player last year. Look, he's now in the backfield. He's playing running back because there's so little depth at the running back position going into 2020. So A&M is starting fresh at wide receiver, and that's a scary thought. If you are a young quarterback, such as a Zach Calzada, such as a Haynes King, and you have only worked with these receivers of practice and you're building a repertoire, that is okay. Because you know what? Freshmen sometimes struggle. Freshmen sometimes break out. Freshmen can build that chemistry that when in 2022, when King is looking to be a front runner for the number one overall pick and he's looking to be a Heisman Trophy winner, they'll have that repertoire with those players to where he's throwing 42 touchdowns a season, where he's throwing 4,500 yards a year. But when you're Kellen Mond, who is going into the year with the same offensive line, thank God, but not a true lead back outside of Isaiah Spiller, who, I'll give him this, had a great rookie year, but you want to see duplication in sophomore seasons. He doesn't have Sean Corbin back there. So you don't have a true number one running back, and you're fresh out of all five of your receivers last year that made an impact. One, it shows you're relying on Jalen Weidemeyer more than anyone else in that offense. There's not even a question, in my opinion. You're going to rely on Weidemeyer beyond belief. And number two, you have to work on the fly with these young targets. And there's a lot of young targets that you got to look at. I mean, you got Demond Demas, who definitely is going to be the name that everyone's going to consider 
Because if he was a top 25 player in the nation, he's got to come in and he's got to go ahead and say, listen, I'm a freshman, but I'm a five-star. Come at me, bro. You have Caleb Chapman. Guess what? He's got to step up big this year now. There's no excuses. You got Dylan Wright. You got a guy who's still learning how to play wide receiver, but has all the skill sets to be a bruiser if given the opportunity. However, when you look at injuries, and when you look at the stat lines, and when you look at the players who were lost this year, this is the one that's going to hurt the most. Because for Kellen Mond, it's a repertoire thing. It's a connection. It's a chemistry. It is something that has been building in the lab that he's been concocting. And guess what? That concoction now can be thrown out the window and you got to start fresh. Unfortunately, that's just the name of the game. That's just how it goes when you are playing college football and players decide to leave early and you decide to stay. Now the question will be, can Mon live up to the expectations without his safety net, without his number one target, without Mr. Go-To in the slot, without Mr. Checkdown? Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, I know you've heard all the stories of Built Bar in the past, but guess what? It is a brand new relaunch for the company, and while you will still have your 12 original flavors, like coconut almond, banana bread, peanut butter, and German chocolate cake, there's six new flavors coming to the party, which includes caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bakia, and apple almond crisp. These are more like protein bars that are actually candy bars because they're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for the health conscious guy because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. My brand new favorite flavor, Cookies and Cream, has these numbers. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a deal like this anywhere else out on the market. And with a new and improved logo means a new and improved chance of a better product. Go to BuiltBuyer.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBuyer.com. Come on, you know that you're hungry, you know you want a special snack, why not go ahead and get something sweet that is a treat? BuiltBar.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you love quality podcasts, if you're a fan of your favorite team every single day, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast? The Locked on Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows every single day, including every team covered in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL and highlight information to keep you number one at the top of your fantasy rankings every single season. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockdownPodcast.com. So Jamon Osmond is opting out, and that's going to be a big deal, but for AM, this was a big weekend. Even though they did not take a single snap, and even though they have yet to see what the final product looks like out on the field, they did improve. They were a team that a lot of people still have a lot of questions with, and Osmond's case is going to continue to have those questions be asked, but they improved. What do you mean, Cole? How did they improve? Well, because right now the Big Ten is not playing, and because of the fact that the Big Ten may or may not suit up this season, according to what we've been hearing from Kevin Warren and staff, the AP rankings have decided to say, you know what? We're not going to even give the Big Ten a chance to be in the rankings. So, number two, Ohio State, which received 21 of the 62 first place votes this offseason is no longer in the rankings because the team is not expected to play right now. 
Also gone, number 7, Penn State. Number 9, Oregon. Number 12, Wisconsin. Number 16, Michigan. Number 17, USC. Number 19, Minnesota. Number 22, Utah. And number 24, Iowa. Which only meant that teams got to move up in the rankings because this is what we really want to see when it comes to rankings this year. Now again, this is a lot of teams. This is nine teams that were ranked in the top 25 to begin the year. They are now out. You have six from the Big Ten, and you have three from the Pac-12. None of them are in there. So, because of all that, the SEC is pretty much making a big case for representing the top 25. Not only is Alabama now number two, and even though Georgia like their, lost their likely starter in Jamie Newman, and they're now going to have to go with JT Daniels because of a quarterback opt-out, they moved up to number four instead of number five. You also had LSU lose Jamar Chase, uh, Terry Sullivan, and they lost all that talent last year. They're coming in at number six. And then Florida actually jumped up Finally, and I have to say this, I have to say this because I think a lot of people know that LSU was not deserving of their rankings. They're there because of what they did last season. They jumped up to number five. Auburn jumped into the top 10, and they come in at number eight after being number 11. A&M jumped up to number 10. So they're now a top 10 team. On top of that, Tennessee is no longer outside the top 25. They instead come in at number 15, and Kentucky a team that I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this year, especially if Joey Gatewood plays, comes in at number 23. So they moved up three spots in the AP poll and three spots in the coaches poll. So the top, so number 13 is now number 10. They're the final team in the top 10. That only puts so much more pressure on the likes of AM to be successful this upcoming year. Because in their first two weeks, they have an opportunity to be in two top 10 matchups and honestly, depending on the way the schedule looks, because real fast, just look at this. Clemson's in at number one, Notre Dame's in at number seven, and Texas is in at number nine, and Oklahoma's number three. Any of them lose, everyone moves up. And guess what? All three are playing. All four are playing. Texas, what if they suck? What if Clemson somehow blows it? What if Oklahoma blows it? Notre Dame's Notre Dame. I mean, it's the first time playing in the ACC ever. So that could only make A&M move up to maybe, say, seven at the worst. At the the worst, they're seven if every team loses. Well, now you have a number seven versus number one matchup in week two when you face the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's say you beat Alabama. Let's say A&M goes in, they knock on the door at Brian Denny. They go, hi, remember me? Remember 29-24? Guess what? We're back. Then they return home the next weekend on October 10th to face off against Florida. That's a top five matchup. That's the game of the week. That's the game everyone tunes into. That's the game that will mean so much to fans. That's the game that will mean so much to the SEC implications. And guess what? It's a moment that will really show who are the top two quarterbacks in the SEC. I like it, but again, it's added pressure. And is that pressure going to be able to be contained without the likes of a top target like Jamon Osmond playing in the fold? Other teams ranked in the top 25 this week. Oklahoma State came in at number 11. North Carolina came in at number 12. Cincinnati, a team that I actually think is going to be very good, jumped all the way up seven spots to number uh, 13. UFC jumped in at 14. 
Memphis, who wasn't ranked after their big-time win last week, unfortunately, they may not play this upcoming year because of COVID-19 cases have come out. Joining at number 16, Miami comes in at 17, Louisville 18, Louisiana with the big-time upset over the likes of Iowa State in Ames, jumps into 19, Billy Napier, a hot name to watch for in the SEC market. Virginia Tech comes in at number 20, BYU 21, Army 22, Kentucky 23, App State 24, Pittsburgh 25. Other receiving votes included Baylor, West Virginia, Georgia Tech, TCU, Virginia, Virginia, uh, Arkansas State, SMU, Iowa State who dropped out, Mississippi State, Boise State, South Florida, Ole Miss, Texas Tech, UAB, Missouri, Air Force, Florida State, Marshall, and Houston. Coming up, we still have our top 25 Aggies in 25 days to prepare for the upcoming season. And guess what? Names that you may not have thought were going to be on this list definitely are moving up. So we got to add names coming in in the back half of the teens area. Who are they? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down who in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. And follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. It's time for another edition of the Top 25 Aggies to watch for in 25 days as Texas A&M prepares for their bout in the SEC opener against the Vanderbilt Commodores at home against Kyle Field on Saturday, September 26th. That game can be viewed on SEC Alternative Channel. Kickoff will be at 6.30. Again, these are Top 25 players that I hope to see make an impact or at least their names have to be mentioned in the 2020 season. So the later guys, such as number 25, Haynes King, and number 24, Devon Ashe, maybe when originally they started to load, weren't as important. Now the question is, if Kellen Mond does opt out, which I don't think he will, how much would that pressure add to both? And now without a true speedster in Javon Osmond, does Ashane move up? But coming in at number 23 was Brian Cole, who will replace the likes of uh, Elijah Blades at the outside cornerback position, and Devin Morris, who did a great job in the nickel role last year. Number 21 was originally Baylor Cup, but now I think it is uh, Caleb Chapman. I think when you look at the wide receiver position, he has to have a big-time step-up year going into 2020. Number 20 was Dylan Wright, and the reason I put Dylan Wright at 20 is because of even though we don't know what his role is going to be, He's had a couple of good practices at camp, but more importantly, this is a top four player from the 2019 recruiting class. You need to start seeing production out of them. Number 19 was Donnell Harris. I think he's going to have very much of a similar DeMarvin Leal-like season in 2020. And number 18 was Ryan McCollum, who likely will be taking the place of, I would say, Colton Prater as the center of the offensive line, the captain up the middle. Now, who comes in at number 17 and 16? I'm going to give you a hint. You already know who came in at 18, so you got to know who's coming in at the next two. And I'm just going to compare them together. It's got to be both Jared Hawker and it's got to be Kenyon Green. Let me explain why. Without the likes of Osborne, the top two offensive names to watch for this year are Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller. And they're coming from the backfield. That's all I got to say. Blocking in the backfield to make sure these two consistently move the ball six yards five yards seven yards 11 yards four yards eight yards nine yards no negative yard losses nine out of ten of those runs will come either through the a gap 
between McCollum and Green or McCollum and Hawker, or we'll come through the B gap, which will be between the Green Mile or between Hawker and Dan Moore Jr. Guess what? Hawker and Kenyon Green both are mentioned in both of those statements. So I don't have to really go that much further. Jalen Weinemeyer, he's now a top 10 player to watch for this year. He has to be a top 10 player to watch for this year because he's the only true returning weapon for AM. Your next two best offensive pieces, one's now playing running back, and the other one last year was a consistent player against weaker opponents. They're going to be higher ranked because you need to see them be more productive. But Green's ability as a former five-star and what he learned last year and what he said, he said this earlier this week about how Derrick Brown, welcome into the NFL. You know who else is going to welcome into the NFL if he didn't have a good offseason? Any Alabama defensive lineman. Because it's Alabama and they breed defensive linemen like they're coming off of a tree. You know who else is going to do it? Any defensive lineman at Auburn. Because Auburn has been known for years. Their ability to adapt and build defensive linemen like there's no other. Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson, they were just the start of what could have been a really great unit last year. That's what Auburn's got for them going into the year. More importantly, Jared Hocker. Last year, made a big statement. Oh, we're going to go in and we're going to be Clemson number one in Clemson. And Fisher was not happy about that. Guess what? This is the year where all the pieces were supposed to click, and just it slowly seems to feel like everything's going wrong for AM. Their easy schedule out the window. They now have to face off against another top 10 team. That's added more pressure. They lost one of their premier cornerbacks, a position of need. That's already a, that's already a problem. They lost their top target. That's a huge problem for the offense. If you want to trust that your team is still going to be a competitor on offense, it's gotta come. Off the run game. It has to come off the run game. And that's why I think both Hawker and Green. Green especially. Because Green's ability to eventually become one of the best in the interior line of the SEC. One of the best possible tackles of the future in AM's history. All those things need to really happen for him. But Hawker too. Hawker's Hawker started almost 24 games. He started almost every single game since his sophomore year. He's got to step up. If they can be productive at that 17 and 16 role, then the top 15 players are going to do their jobs and they're going to make an impact immediately. But more importantly, Kellen Mond needs the protection because he's working with a bunch of new receivers. And I would say both Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller need it as well because they're now the focal point of the offense. Without Osmond, you're going to watch Jimbo Fisher transition this team to a more run-heavy system to fit the way all three of his running backs can work. Real fast, before we go, I'm going to give you number 15 because we were a little behind last week. And for me, that's Jalen Jones. I'm going to put Jalen Jones here. Jalen Jones comes in for me at number 15. This is six foot two cornerback who's great in press coverage, who does a great job closing the gap, is a willing tackler against the run, and made a massive impact for Cibolo Steele when he was playing for the Knights last season. He's already been in camp since July, and he's been able to be in the system for Mike Elko, learning everything that's been kind of going on. And more importantly, with the opt-out of Elijah Blades, this is an opportunity for him to start seeing quality reps. This is the best defensive player AM has gotten in a while. He is long. He is lanky. 
he is. Exactly what the SEC cornerback prototype module is. I mean, let, let's, let me just put it this way. If I could build an action figure of every single player that is the ideal positional size in the SEC, Jalen Jones is a perfect clone. That's what you want at the cornerback position in the SEC against these speedsters, against these long, lanky targets. And guess what? Every SEC team has one. Even Lynn Bowden Jr., who played quarterback last year, when he was playing his joker role for the Wildcats at 5'11", was a mix of speed, was a mix of size, was a mix of agility. You need one of those guys who has the agility to either move inside on certain plays and only cover one guy but still have the speed to keep up with him deep downfield. He has all that because he played safety for the Knights during his high school days, so he's going to be able to roam around and come back. He'll have great recovery speed, and he has the exact size you want in a Mike Elko-style defense. This is where Jalen Jones falls. There's another cornerback who means more to this team, you know who it is, because of his size and his veteran leadership, who's going to be a little higher, but Jones is going to be tested early. Jones is going to be a name a lot of people keep an eye out for going into 2021. Not 2020. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has a great year in 2020. Awesome. If he doesn't, it's really 2021 that you want him to have a breakout season. But no matter what, he's going to have a year where he is tested early. Because this now is an opportunity for any player at A&M who thought that they were going to be given a lackadaisical season, go 11-1, potentially make the college football playoff, now it's time for you to step up. And freshman talent stepping up early is a great sign for the future of the program. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast also on iTunes and Spotify and listen every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Podcast day here on the Locked on Podcast Network at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, we'll be back with more information. Who are the wide receivers that you should know in place of Javon Osmond? Also adding another name to our list. And let's take a look back at week one of the NFL season and how these former Aggies fared out. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you then. And remember, look at me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.